Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Pluth. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, a podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. Okay, so it's Easter Sunday, um, April 12th, 2020, and I opened the door in my last podcast talking about the mental game and the book, The Mental Game, written by George Allen. Now that the door's open, this podcast is going to go a little more in-depth on the mental game, give you some examples of my experience with it, tell you some more about uh, some books, and uh, the hope is, about halfway through this, I'm going to bring my daughter, Hannah Plouffe, in, and we're going to interview her and get her thoughts on the mental game of bowling. Um, so first off, I want to say that I think that the mental game, as far as the part of it uh, for bowling, has always been, in my mind, uh, taboo. Something that people just don't talk about. It's a huge part of the game, and I don't think that a lot of people like to talk about it. I don't think that a lot of people know much about it, and I am almost certain most coaches do not teach it. And I think that uh, part of the reason for our success at Kersley has been that I've not been shy to talk about it, and I've not been shy to promote it, and I've not been shy to push it. So here's my take on it. Um, The mental game, if you read the book, on the back cover of the book tells you that the game is at least 90% mental. And I think if you ask most serious bowlers, um, most serious league bowlers, I'll say, they they understand that. They know that the mental game is a huge part of bowling, but I'm not totally sure that they know what to do with it, how to practice it, how to to, uh, make yourself better at it. Now, on the other side, the pro bowlers, they absolutely get it. They know it. They know how to use it. Some people, um, some people are naturals at it. Some people know how to do things the right way without being taught. And uh, some people need some practice at it. Um, myself, I need a lot of practice at it. Um, I had to work really hard at it. But like um, Amari Blonde, if I ask Amari Blonde about her mental game or what is she thinking about when she stands on the approach, her answer almost always was nothing. And that's exactly what it should be. So um, some people are natural at it. Some people have to work at it. But a um, few, few examples for you. When I uh, bowled my first 300 back in uh, December of 1990, I had told you that I had just read the mental game book. And um, I was standing on the lane for my 12th shot. And at that time, the whole bowling alley quit. Everyone was watching, and I actually yelled out loud, there's nothing special about this shot. And I went up and threw it, threw the strike, and I came back, and uh, my best friend Tubbs said, what the hell were you yelling at up there on the approach? I said, I was yelling at myself. I was telling myself that there's nothing special about this shot, because there really isn't. I mean, it's not life or death if you don't throw a strike, right? Um, But obviously people, you want to, Uh, achieve perfection so um, I mean that's the ultimate goal but 
um, I was yelling at myself on the lane, and uh, I'll never forget it. I actually yelled it out loud that there's nothing special about this shot. It's something that I have continued to preach with my high school kids. Um, I think you could ask any one of them that have ever bowled for me, and they'll tell you that this is something that I definitely preach. I'm, uh, I'm passionate about it. Um, and some of that comes from um, after I read the mental game book, told you I threw it in the drawer, didn't read it for a few years. When my wife and I uh, had kids, my, my oldest daughter was born in 94. At that point, um, it was probably 1995 time frame. I started thinking, I need to go back to college. I only had an, an associate's degree, and I knew um, if I had a bachelor's degree, I could, uh, I could definitely uh, better my family. And I wasn't going to better my family in bowling because I wasn't that good at it. Um, so I decided to go back to school. Some of the elective classes that I had to take, um, I decided to take psychology. I took quite a few psychology classes. And I think that uh, at that time, the, the late 90s, is when I really, really realized, wow, the mind is like the most powerful organ in the human body. And um, the potential that is there is unbelievable. And uh, I, knew, I knew while I was taking those psychology classes that at some point I was going to use that information in competition while I was bowling or while I was teaching people to bowl. Uh, a lot of the information that I would that I was going to get out of those psychology classes was going to be very very valuable and I think it was um, but as I started uh, getting a little older I started to realize more and more um, what the mental game meant to the game of bowling my game of bowling in particular um, but how it could be used to help others as well um, I remember asking um, Paul Snyder um, because Paul, um, he had some medical issues. He actually ended up having to give up bowling. Um, but he was obviously one of the top five bowlers in the city of Flint for many years. Um, he was hanging out with Don Hargraves. And I remember um, talking to Paul saying, man, a lot of those workouts that I did with you guys, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get the the whole mental part of it. Like, what were you guys trying to teach me until now? After I've read some books, I've taken some psychology classes, it's starting to click with me. I, I get it. And Paul said, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, that is what a lot of those workouts are. The problem was no one said that. No one ever told me, hey, we're doing this workout. This is what it's going to, what it, what you're going to learn from it. This is what you're going to get out of this workout. No one ever told me that. It took me years to figure that out. Later, Paul Snyder actually uh gave me some, um, some hints on some books, some mental game books, um, some strategies for life, uh, more, more so than bowling. But um, Paul was big into, um, he took Dale Carnegie classes. Um, he inspired me to do that myself. He was big into self-promotion and um, you gotta feel good to, to perform good. And, and it's, it's huge, it's a huge part of the game. And, um, I think most of the girls that have ever bowled for me will tell you this too. I have told most of my girls before we go to a big competition, get a good night's rest, eat a good 
dinner the night before, eat a good breakfast the morning of your competition, get up in the morning, get dressed up, do your hair, put some makeup on, do whatever you got to do to make yourself feel really, really good before you go to a competition because it's going to matter. Because if you're feeling good about yourself, you're feeling good about the way you look, you're going to perform well. Deion Sanders actually um, said that, look good, feel good, perform good, um, football player. And I was just listening to the interview with uh, Tom Brady and on Howard Stern's show. And Tom Brady, um, when he went to the University of Michigan, he uh, was low on the depth chart. And the coach that actually recruited him had been fired. It looked like he wasn't going to get a chance to uh, ever play. And he was thinking about transferring. He was going to go. He was from California. He was going to transfer back to Cal, University of California, and uh, try to play football there because he figured he had a better chance to to play. And uh, Lloyd Carr was the coach that actually talked him out of it. And he said, at that point, I went and saw a sports psychologist, and the guy changed my life. And um, that tells you right there how huge psychology is in the game of uh, any sport. In the game of bowling, it's huge, but in any sport, it's huge. Um, Tom Brady says that he is one of the reasons why he started to believe in himself. He knew, he knew like he was going to practice and he was getting three reps with the first team offense while the starter was getting 30. He was mad because he wasn't getting enough reps. So the sports psychologist told him, well, if you only get three, then make them the three best reps you ever get. So he did. And then all of a sudden he got five reps. So he made those five the best he ever got. Then all of a sudden he got 10. Before you knew it, he was moving up the depth chart. And before you knew it, he ended up being a starter. And if you follow football at all, all you know Tom Brady is probably in my mind, he is the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL, no doubt about it. And it all started with a sports psychologist. So say what you want about the mental game. I believe it's very, very important, not just in bowling, in life. Um, so anyways, Paul Snyder gave me some ideas about some more books to buy. And I am always constantly looking for podcasts about the mental game. I've bought some. Um, I've bought some books. I'll give you some names of some books and some podcasts that I've listened to later. Um, But when I started coaching, I knew I wanted to get more into the mental game of bowling and how to practice it, how to preach it, how to use it. And, uh, and I knew it was going to take a little bit when I started coaching because I had to get, I had to get everyone on my team, the basics of bowling. So once they got the basics down, then we could start working on um, more of the mental game. So after my first year of coaching, it was in my second year of coaching. Here's a here's a story that uh, this is a true story. It was in 2006. The uh, Kersley girls. I think the first year I coached, I want to say we were three and four or four and five, something like that was our record. My second year of coaching, at this point in the season, we were four and three, and the girls on my team were starting to get it, and I could tell that they were they were ready. They were ready to start competing. As luck would have it, we had a match uh, scheduled against Davison in our conference. Davison was undefeated. We were 4-3, and three, I believe, at the time that uh, we had to bowl Davison. And Davison, the, the uh, rankings had just came out, and Davison was ranked number one in the state. And they were in Division One, and we were a Division Two school. 
So to be honest with you, we had no business competing with this team. Like there was no way we were going to beat Davison. So I remember we had a practice and uh, the practice was the night before the match. And at the end of practice, I got my team together, sat them down and I said, we're going to try something new tonight. And I want you guys all to do this. You all have to commit to doing this. They all said, we'll try anything. And I said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go home tonight while you're laying in bed before you go to sleep. I want each and every one of you, all eight, nine girls that I had on my roster, I want each and every one of you to envision yourself bowling the best you've ever bowled, filling frames, throwing strikes, having fun, and winning the match tomorrow against Davison. I want you to envision the news media coming out to interview you, the papers coming to interview you because you just knocked off the number one team in the state. I want you to try it before you go to sleep and then hopefully you have some dreams about it. And when you wake up in the morning, I want you to be ready for this match tomorrow. Get a good night's rest, eat a good breakfast, have a good day at school, and you come ready for this match tomorrow. Ready more than you've ever been. And all of those girls at that time were excited. They were like, all right, let's do it. Let's try it. So they did. Uh, they went home and they, and they uh, practiced what I preached. And as the story would have it, we knocked off the number one team in the state, the Davidson Cardinals that day that changed our season it actually changed the way that I coached and um, it led to a lot of success for a lot of people on that team and for this for the Kersley Bowman program after that all it was was believing basically getting them to believe that they could do it um, and I wanted I wanted it in their heads that there was going to be no doubt that we were going to do it. And uh, if I remember correctly, I remember Angela Washington was one of the girls um, that bowled a lifetime high game that match against Davison. I know uh, Megan Lynch and uh, Kristen Coleopolis also bowled very, very well in those matches. And I think uh, if you were to ask any of those girls on my team, they will tell you, they will tell you that same exact story that they practiced that and it worked. And from that point forward, my coaching, I always, always tell my kids, make sure that before you go to bed, before you go to sleep at night while you're laying in bed, you just think good thoughts. You think about being successful. Um, there were times before regionals, before state finals, I would tell all my girls, I want you to envision yourself standing on the lane, holding the state championship trophy, getting your picture taken, being interviewed by the news. I want you to see that before it actually happens. And then it will happen. And uh, sure enough, it happened more often than not. So I, I never ever shied away from talking about winning, about being a champion. Um, it's something that I have stressed Basically, from that point forward, I never, ever shied away from it. You will hear some coaches say, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about winning. That's going to put too much pressure on my kids. Nah, baloney. I don't believe in that. If, if you're in sports, 
to compete and you're trying to be the best, then why shy away from it? You want to talk about it. You want to be a champion. You want to win. You want to bowl your best under pressure when it matters. So why shy away from it? Because if you shy away from it, it becomes taboo. Kind of like talking about the mental game. People don't like to talk about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am living proof that it works. And the more you practice it, the more it works. Um, And I'm going to tell you in some of these podcasts as we go, how I ran my team, how I ran my practices, some things that you can do to help get your team prepared for competition mentally, mentally and physically, Um, but more importantly, mentally. So don't ever shy away from talking about winning and being a champion. I would never, ever shy away from that. Um, So another life lesson from that, if you think about this, if you're going to go to a interview for a job, you don't go to the interview knowing that you have no chance to get the job. You, you should be preparing yourself for the interview like you want the job. You're going to go into that interview. You're going to say all the right things, do all the right things. That's how you prepare for something. So if you're going to prepare for a job interview like that, why wouldn't you prepare for a competition like that? You would. Absolutely you would. So we always prepared. We prepared for that at Kersley while I was coaching. I would tell my kids that all the time prepare to win I mean if it if it didn't matter they wouldn't keep score right I think some of my kids will tell you I've said that before um, so um, at this point uh, there's a few other uh, um, examples that I'd like to tell you too um, one is um, my own kids uh, starting with Lindsay when she was coming up uh, and she started getting serious about her bowling I had her read the mental game book. I also had her teammates read that. Um, Cheyenne, Jessica, Holly, I think they'll all tell you. Kelsey Brooks, they'll all tell you that they've read that book. And um, I said in my last podcast, I, I uh, used to buy several copies of that book and hand it out to the girls on the team and have them read it. And the ones that read it and get it, those are the ones that are successful. Um, my youngest daughter, Hannah, when she started getting serious about bowling, I had her start reading them. And uh, I had her read more, more books, um, listen to more things, practice some of it. And um, sure enough, it was working for her. And uh, Hannah actually asked me the question, can I bring this book to competition and read it? And I said, well, there's no rule against reading while you're bowling. Absolutely, bring it. And um, Hannah used to bring the book to competitions and read during competition. Um, It started to become a habit with my teams. And uh, a lot of girls carry that book around with them while they're in competition. And uh, Hannah was actually reading the book during regionals back in 2016 while we were bowling at Cherry Hill Lanes in Clarkston. And uh, she she was, I believe she was in... uh, second place it might she might have been in first place going into the last game but it was fairly close and uh, she was reading the book and I looked over and she threw a couple of strikes and then a couple more strikes and a couple more strikes and she was just reading away and I just let her go I didn't say a word to her 
but uh, she ended up finishing with a 297 in game number six of regionals to win the regional title that year. Went on the next week to help the team win the state championship, and then the following day uh, she ran the board and, and won the state championship while reading the book during competition. So say what you want about it. The mental game is huge. It's a big, big part of the game. Um, and I've witnessed it work. So you can argue with me if you want, but um, I think it's huge. Uh, this year, um, in particular, I had a girl on my team, Allison Eibel, who uh, I gave the book to, and I don't know that she wanted to read it. I don't know that uh, she's fully bought into the full mental part of the game, but she carried that book around with her for a while. And I know she did start to read some of it um, because she, uh, when we got to regionals, she actually did really well at regionals and made the cut to make it to state finals and singles. And she had that book with her in the state finals. And um, she made the cut at state finals and made it to the final 16 and lost in the first round. And then she walked down and gave me the book. And um, the one thing that I did notice in the book that she gave me is she had a tab in the book after chapter one, which tells me that she only read the first chapter of the book. I think there are 10 or 12 chapters in the book. But long story short, I had the book with me at that point, and I'm following Megan Tim in the state finals. And um, as Megan progressed in the state finals, I started opening the book and quoting stuff in the book to Megan. And I remember vividly continuing to tell her, no matter what, when you get up there, there's nothing special about the shot. And Megan, in almost every single match except the state final match, the final match in state finals, she was down um, at least uh, 15 to 20 pins in almost every match. She was down, and she came back and won. And Megan ended up winning the state championship this year. I had the mental game book in my hand when she was winning the state title. So it still works to this day. Um, there are other books. Uh, the other one that I will swear by that if you're going to buy a book, this one, if you don't like the mental game, maybe you'll enjoy this one. It's called With Winning in Mind, written by Lanny Basham. Um, Lanny was a, a sharpshooter in the Olympics. And um, the whole book covers the mental game. It is uh, probably one of the better books I've ever I've ever read. Um, I think I found that one on um, on Amazon, and I know uh, Hannah bought it and it actually has a hard copy of that book. But you can buy it on Kindle, download it on your phone or your tablet or whatever, and read it on uh, on Kindle. It's called With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. It is an excellent, excellent book. There are others. Um, there's an app out there called Lucid that I bought uh, a few years ago. I wrote down a lot of things that uh, that the guy talks about in the uh, podcast or the app, uh, Lucid. That was another good one. And um, there are more. There are uh, several other books that I will uh, give you some, some insight to. And I usually promote these books while we're doing our uh, summer bowling camp, the Kersley camp, in the uh, summertime. But at this point, I'm going to take a little break, and uh, I'm going to call in my daughter, Hannah Plouffe, and we're going to do a 
my first ever interview with someone else and uh, get her take on the mental game. So thanks for listening so far. We'll be right back. All right, I'm back. So I want to go over uh, some of the books and um, titles and authors that I'm going to recommend. Uh, first one was that With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. Um, obviously, The Mental Game by George Allen. The Predator Mindset by Gene Zanotti. Um, we actually hired Gene to do um, a seminar with the Kersley Bowling Program and the Flushing Bowling Program this year uh, on The Mental Game. Uh, another book, The Art of Mental Training by D.C. Gonzalez. The Mind Gym. The Successful Coach, uh, Strategies and Concepts of Bill Belichick, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Parenting Champions by Lanny Basham, and Freedom Flight by Lanny Basham. Those are uh, some of the books that I would recommend for the mental game. Okay, now, my first ever guest on my podcast, my own daughter, Hannah Plouffe who was Miss Bowling in 2016. She was a state singles champ in 2016. She won three state titles in the team event with the Kersley team in 2014, 2015, 2016. She was a regional singles champion in 2015 and 16. Finished third in 2014 in regionals and sixth in 2013 in regionals. Um, In 2013, our team qualified fifth and finished sixth in the team event. She was a member of the MJMA uh, we started her bowling in MJMA in 8th grade. She bowled in MJMA until 2017 and has one MJMA title that was won in Jackson. She bowled a 299 game at Holly Lanes back in January 2015. At the time, it was the highest female game ever bowled at Holly Lanes. Um, she moved up to the adult competition in 2018 after taking a year off from bowling. Promptly made the Flint women's all-star team by averaging... 221 in her first year of bowling in the adult leagues. Probably would have made the all-star team again this year if not for the coronavirus. Anyways, welcome Hannah. You can say hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for sitting here with me to do this podcast, but I want you to tell people that are listening what you think of the mental game. I think it is very important and can be extremely useful on and off the lanes. Um, How do you use it? I used it to stay focused and achieve my goals. You can also use it as an advantage against your opponents who don't have a strong mental game. Do you believe that it is important? I think it's extremely important. Um, What are some of the books that you read and which one was the best? I read The Mental Game with Winning in Mind and The Art of Mental Training. My personal favorite was With Winning in Mind. It clicked a lot more with me than the other ones, and I felt like I could practice it a lot more. I could practice a lot more of what it was saying. Do you believe that the mental game and working on it made you successful on the lanes? Yes. I think it made me a lot more successful. I think when we would do mental drills at practice and you got into a situation like that in competition, I could tell that I was prepared and I could see other teams or bowlers that had never been in that situation and didn't know how to react. I think a lot of bowling is mental and if you're missing that, your game can only go so far. Wow, that was a good answer. Does the mental game apply to life 
for anything other than bowling? Um, I think it applies to everything. I use it in my daily life as a hairdresser. I know that I'm going to do the best that I possibly can and give them a hairstyle that they're going to love. If they come in and something is wrong with their hair, I'm not going to psych myself out about it. I'm going to be calm and fix it. I also still bowl in leagues and tournaments, and I still use the mental game in all of those. Okay, do you think you would be as successful as you are in bowling if you didn't know anything at all about the mental game? Absolutely not. I think you can be a great bowler physically, and you might be able to go pretty far with that. But if you add the mental game in with that, there will be no stopping you. All right, do you have anything to add? Nope. All right, thanks for joining me. First time I ever had a guest on a podcast. Let's see what people think of it. All right. All right, that's it. Happy Easter. Have a good one. Bye.